We're living in the age of podcasting, which also means the age of podcast networks with large back catalogs, long-running series, limited programming, and even cross-network collaborations. How are publishers supposed to keep this all organized? With Spreaker, of course. Spreaker's customizable publisher plan lets you organize your content exactly how you want it and gives you enough pod tech tools to monetize the largest back catalogs. If you're into premium offerings for subscribers, check out Spreaker's customized RSS feeds to upload and schedule exclusive content with ease. Or use our campaign manager to manage different campaigns from one central platform. Once your podcast business gets big enough, you can even add multiple networks to one account and collaborators assigned to each one. That helps keep the true crime series away from the comedy podcasts and make sure you get the advertisements that will resonate the most with your listeners. So let's move from the age of podcasting to the age of the podcast network with Spreaker. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Welcome to a special edition of Overwatch, the show where you get a unique viewpoint on current events, politics, finance, cybersecurity and trends, prophecy, and the end times, religion, and even the paranormal. Airing only on Firefall Talk Radio and the Firefall Network, I'm Richard Grund. Welcome to a special 4th of July broadcast. We're calling this the Betsy Ross edition. It's July 4th, 2019. I hope you're having a safe, fun 4th of July. We thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of what we do and supporting us. We just thank you for being with us on this journey. So why why are we talking about Betsy Ross? Well, who is Betsy Ross? Elizabeth Griscom, otherwise known as Betsy was born in January 1st, 1752, to a Quaker family of Samuel and Rebecca Griscom. When she was three years old, they moved from their farm in New Jersey to a large home in Philadelphia. And while she's predominantly known as a seamstress, she was actually a trained upholsterer. She could make and repair curtains, bed covers, tablecloth, rugs, umbrellas, and Venetian blinds, as well as working on any project involving sewing was there in Philadelphia that she met and fell in love with John Ross, an Anglican, son of a former assistant rector of the Christ Church. Well, when they got married on November 4th, 1773, they did so without the blessing of her family and her fellow Quakers because she married outside her religion. But you know what? The newlyweds thrived anyway, and they opened their own upholstery business in a rented house in the heart of the bustling section of Philadelphia, now known as the Old City. George Washington even purchased bed hangings from them when he was in Philadelphia for the First Continental Congress in 1774. 
Betsy Ross made flags for the Pennsylvania Navy during the American Revolution. The flags of the Pennsylvania Navy were purchased by the Pennsylvania Navy Board. And in July 1775, the president of the Committee of Safety for the Pennsylvania Provincial Assembly's Committee of Safety was Benjamin Franklin. Unfortunately, their two-year marriage was cut short when her husband, John, who was a member of the local militia, died in 1775. So here she is, 24 years old, a childless widow, but she continued to flourish and pressed on in her upholstery business. And she was earning extra income making cartridges and flags for the Continental Army. So she was involved in the American Revolution early on. On June 15, 1777, she married her second husband, Joseph Ashburn, and while they had two daughters, neither one of those daughters lived past the age of nine months old. Joseph was a mariner, so he spent a lot of time at sea, and in 1781, during the Revolution, his ship, the Lion, was captured by the British fleet and the crew thrown into a Plymouth, England prison for treason where he died in March of 1782. In late 1782, a fellow prisoner, a man named John Claypool, visited her to inform her of Joseph's death. Well, here she is. Betsy is a widow again at the age of 30, and during this time, she and John Claypool developed a relationship and were married the following year on May 8, 1783. Shortly thereafter, she returned to her Quaker roots, but she joined the Society of Free Quakers, who, unlike the pacifist traditional Quakers supported America's fight for freedom from tyrannical British rule. Her marriage to Claypool lasted 34 years, and they had five daughters, Clarissa, Susanna, Jane, Rachel, and Harriet, who unfortunately died in infancy. So Betsy suffered loss, but she went on. John Claypool died in 1817 from war-related injuries that had caused the stroke. She continued in her business until the age of 76 when she retired to her daughter Clarissa's farm in Abington Township, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. By 1883, Betsy, who is completely blind, is living with another daughter, Jane. And she's living on Cherry Street in Philadelphia, where three years later, on January 30th, 1836, at the age of 84, she dies peacefully in her sleep. Well, where does the story of the Betsy Ross flag come from? Well, it originates with her grandson, William J. Canby, who in 1870 presented a research paper to the Historical Society of Pennsylvania, in which he claimed that his grandmother, quote, made with her hands the first flag of the United States. Canby said he obtained this information from his aunt Clarissa in 1857, 20 years after Betsy Ross's death. Canby dates the historic episode based upon Washington's journey to Philadelphia in the late spring of 1776, a year before Second Continental Congress passed the first Flag Act on June 14, 1777. So the flag known as the Betsy Ross flag was an early design of alternating red and white stripes with 13 five-pointed stars in a circular pattern on a blue canton representing the unity of the 13 colonies. And although it's credit 
to Betsy Ross has been challenged by some as they claim the only thing she did was change the design of the pointed stars from six points to five points. What isn't up for challenge is that this historic flag is a popular patriotic symbol that represented Betsy Ross as a role model for young girls and a symbol of women's contribution to American history during the American Revolution. And while other women contributed to the making of the flag, and a man named Francis Hopkinson, a member of the Continental Congress, actually billed Congress in 1780 for the design of the flags and the Great Seal of the United States. No record whether they ever paid that bill. Typical of the government. It's Betsy Ross's name that has become synonymous with the original 13-starred flag. See, there's been a controversy about this, but see, Betsy Ross was an example of what many of the women of her time courageously endured. Widowhood from their husbands dying in the war. Being a single mother, managing a household, managing property independently, having to remarry sometimes for economic reasons, and the struggle that these women endured during the brutal American Revolution, the thing that we celebrate today. Her story and her life are literally stitched into the fabric of American history and make us take notice even today. So why the sudden interest in Betsy Ross? Well, I'll tell you why. This week, sportswear and sports shoemaker Nike made a decision to remove a shoe that it was already made and being shipped with a Betsy Ross American flag on its heel. And they made the decision to halt the sale of it based upon the advice of former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick. You remember old Colin, our buddy there, who became famous for taking a knee during the national anthem, who claims that he was blackballed and kept from playing for another NFL team because of taking a knee, having nothing to do with his diminishing skills and inability to win the big games and the fact that anybody signing him would be taking on the negative publicity and the controversy that goes with it. By the way, the NFL is a business, and business owners have a right to not hire somebody that becomes a detriment to their team. But Colin doesn't understand that. See, he claims that the Betsy Ross flag represents a time of slavery in America, and that it's connected to, quote, hate groups. And while the media backs old Colin's take on the controversy, they fail to mention that two Betsy Ross flags hung behind Barack Obama during his second inauguration in 2013 as a recognition of her connection to the abolition movement. You see, when he took office, it was okay. It didn't represent slavery. But here we are, six years later, and the flag means something completely different. Many reporters and politicians have commented on the controversy on Twitter. Even the Daily Mail's David Martosko tweeted that the Betsy Ross flag sure fell out of fashion quickly. Nike said in a statement that it pulled the shoe based upon concerns that it could unintentionally 
defend and detract from the nation's patriotic holiday. It also dismissed any criticism of its decision as being, quote, anti-American. The company is, quote, proud of its American heritage and our continuing engagement, supporting thousands of American athletes, including the U.S. Olympic team and U.S. soccer teams, it said in its statement. Yeah, but Nike fails to mention that their Beaverton, Oregon shoes are manufactured in 700 sweatshops known as Nike sweatshops around the world. Many are located in Asia, Indonesia, China, Taiwan, India, Thailand, Vietnam, Pakistan, Philippines, and Malaysia. They've been written up for the conditions of the shop, the hours that the workers work, the pay that they get. I guess some would call that slave labor. Well, our buddy Colin Kaepernick has no problem taking millions of dollars from a company that earns its profit from people enduring slave labor to make them. I I guess in some places that's called hypocrisy. Lisa Mulder, director of the Betsy Ross House in Philadelphia, said she never heard of the 13-star flag being used as a hate symbol. Personally, I've always seen it as a representation of early America. The young nation was not perfect, and it's still not perfect. Historians are not even certain of the flag's relationship with supposed white supremacy movements, but it agreed. It's a common historical flag associated with the independence of America. So what's the big deal? Well, the big deal and what inspired me to do this short and special Overwatch broadcast, the first of many that will just happen to appear, so I hope you're subscribed to Firefall Talk Radio on Spreaker.com. Well, we all know that legend becomes part of history, and it gets passed down, and it gets accepted. But the one thing we do know is that no one was perfect then, and no one is perfect now. Yes, some of the early founding fathers owned slaves, as did many other people in America. But it was America under Abraham Lincoln that fought to end slavery. It was the same red, white, and blue that flew over the nation's capital as it fought to end the scourge on American history. Betsy Ross represented America and Americans, both male and female, but she was a strong symbol of the strength in the American woman. That flag represented a defiance of people looking for liberty from tyrants. So here we have the media pushing this topic to widen the divide in America. We have Democratic presidential candidates jumping on board, doing their virtue, signaling to use this to their advantage. The schism and the fracture in America is, in my opinion, beyond repair. And then I realized today as I thought about Independence Day 2019, and I thought about what's going on in the world, I thought about what's going on in politics and media, and it brought me back to the Betsy Ross flag and the controversy. You know, everything was fine as long as Americans, middle-of-the-road conservative, both Democrat and Republican, it was fine as long as those Americans stayed silent as the liberal left did what they did. Everything was fine as long as we went along to get along. But when Americans pushed back in 2016 and said, we've had enough, we don't want things the way they are anymore, that the problems started. 
See, that's the thing about bullies. Bullies don't like when you push back. And what they do is they start the name calling, they start the threatening, they start placing upon you what really they're doing. It's a Nazi technique perfected by Joseph Goebbels and the other Nazis. Accuse the other side of doing what you're actually doing. Well, as I thought about this pushback, as I thought about people that have morals and conservative values, middle of the road to the right, pushing back against what they see as wrong and immoral, ungodly, un-American, it was a reminder that there was another time in history when a conservative majority pushed back. It was another time in history when people said, hey, we're tired of your taxes. We're tired of you telling us what we're going to do with our land and how we're going to use it. We're also tired of you telling us that you want to take away our ability to protect ourselves. And guess what? That caused the problem. It's also reminded of something else. I was reminded of a movie that was released 20 years ago. And fictional President Whitmore, in his efforts to rally the Earth Defenders for one final push against the invading alien menace, ended his rally cry with this speech. Should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. And maybe it's dramatic, but I kind of feel that in my spirit. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. America is going to survive. And with that, I simply say, Happy Independence Day 2019. Go on. Live on. Survive. I'm Richard Grun. This has been a special edition of Overwatch, 4th of July 2019, the Betsy Ross edition. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn. Learn smarter.